I'll just add mine later. <laughs> <laughs> just add yours later? After your follow-up. All right. I guess we'll just have to say segue <laughs> since we're going from one fucking angry story into a lovey-dovey story. We can just, oh, okay. we can just finish. Mm, just like, did he? <gasps> All over she, my neck. She, she said short and sweet. Uh, oh, oh. Was he, a, was he a red hot chili pepper? <laughs> oh my god. It was fun. Good. What's fun about it? It was just fun. It was just nice and romantic and um passionate. Hot. Did he have you speak into his mic? <laughs> no. Did you want to? Not particularly. Oh, okay. You didn't want to? Not at the moment. That wasn't really... That's my go-to move. Like, I speak into the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Mm, I think you're speaking into some kind of box. Oh, beatboxing? (laughs) Beatboxing. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Did he do some beatboxing? No. Well, um, so it started off, we were just um, hanging out at my place watching something and then like porn hmm what no 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 documentaries gosh is that what you do with your dates you like watch porn with them sometimes if they want to no i don't need that stuff (laughs) (laughs) this is booty call brenda this is Cody. And this is Christina. Easy click. (laughs) (laughs) And you are listening to Where Am I Going Podcast. Anyway, we were watching, what were we watching? Just some show in the background, just because. And I don't have furniture yet. All I have is the chair. And your bed. Huh? And your bed. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. God. (laughs) (laughs) So um, he had me like kind of sitting on him sort of on the chair because it was just one chair and we mm-hmm. were just kind of talking talking and then we were making out and then like he was sort of just like caressing me and touching me and he said he wanted to pleasure me and i was like all right that's cool what ifs and <laughs> did, it, did he whip his dick out and see what you did with it or no. was he taking your clothes off no he didn't he wasn't taking his, my clothes off he was just kind of feeling me and stuff Mm-hmm. Going, oh, you so- you seem cold. Let me get more clothes for you. <laughs> skin on skin contact warms us up. So we went line. to the bedroom and um, he, um, we were just kind of cuddling, and then he kind of wanted me Put to feel good. Oh. <laughs> wanted me to feel good, so he like started doing stuff to me and whatever. Like he was. Uh, DJing, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hoping for you to be his MC, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, so that was fun, right? right? And we were making out, and um, one thing led to another, and like we we both kind of didn't want to rush things, but it was kind of just heat in the moment, kind of too late. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once he's playing Sir Mix a lot and shit, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. um, and then um. Yeah, our, start, our clothes started to come off, and 
it was just really it felt right I didn't feel like it was weird or anything I wasn't embarrassed I wasn't I was comfortable and he made me feel comfortable and and then we did the nasty no I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) no 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 and then yeah we it was it was really it was really great I want to say it was really great push all the red buttons did you get paid twenty dollars to make him holler because you get paid to do the wild thing (laughs) (laughs) wild thing (laughs) i got paid in a different form of payment nice (laughs) basically a pearl necklace (laughs) um yeah it was nice um you know we we had done stuff i finished he didn't and then we left. Under those struggles. No, 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 no. And then because oh. he, he, you know, he. Anyway, he, we, we went to get ice cream for whatever reason. <clears throat> we went to get because it was hot, and we were <laughs> it like, was. We, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Then we decided it's okay. He's like. Um, how about we go for a ride and we... Um, I thought you... Did you just <laughs> yeah. have a ride? Yeah. Did you just get done riding? <laughs> and then we went to get ice cream and then we came back and then we were kind of just eating ice cream and like we were... Um, again, we were just hanging out and we thought, oh, it's getting late. He'll probably go home and then we started to like kiss goodbye but that kiss goodbye turned into more stuff and then like... Yeah, what kind of stuff? Stuff! And then we ended up going to the bedroom again and like doing more stuff and it was really fun and yeah and yeah it was it was a good time and we ended up falling asleep and i mean he didn't work today's his day off so yeah it was nice he spent the night yeah nice nice that's classy doesn't make you feel like a you know dispensable just weird true yeah true he didn't like you know moulin rouge it and like throw money at you I'd be like, oh, I've paid my whore. <laughs> hey, no kink shaming. Maybe she, she's into that. Well, I we don't. Um, do we live in the twentieth century. He Venmoed me. Oh, <laughs> right. good call. Good call. <laughs> nice. He, he threw the he threw them Doge coins at her. Yeah. <laughs> They'll um, be worth something someday. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Doge I didn't expect. We didn't expect anything to happen. Doge coin earned yesterday, but. It just felt right. Doge. So that was. It must have been nice if you went for a round two, considering you had mentioned a while back. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, or just in private life. Like another person that you she mentioned slept it. with, yeah, yeah she wasn't did. wasn't that great. You didn't really like it. They didn't like. They didn't get you off, and they didn't seem to care to get you off. Oh yeah, kind of thing. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that I wasn't in the right my head of like, I was still not over my ex and mm-hmm. i was just trying to like forget about him so after that I felt i felt dirty and like just not good about myself mm. and not good about the guy either i was like you suck <laughs> <laughs> so you said when you showed up that you had a headache <clears throat> are you sure you're just not dehydrated maybe mm-hmm. i don't think so i was drinking plenty of fluids I bet I'm you were. sure you were. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but set him up, knock him down. That's right. And maybe because I didn't sleep all that well. Because sometimes if my sleep I, sucks, again, again, didn't yeah. sound like you're sleeping much. 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm proud of you. I understand yes. now why you moved out. I called it. Yeah. That it. wasn't why. Uh, I mean, what? It's like not even the first week, and you're already it, Pound Town. It's already <laughs> called Pound Town. It wasn't Town. like no. that. I, that wasn't the reason. I know. It wasn't some f- but it was plan. A, it's a good. It's a good um, byproduct. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it would have been awkward if you're going to Pound Town downstairs and Sandra's next door. Well, I mean, but. She, Sandra only more recently started living downstairs. But even even when Sandra wasn't here, I would have thought it was awkward too. Mm. Why? I don't know. Okay, so I kind of get where you're coming from because every now and then I get a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but I mean, you guys share a wall, right? Yeah, we share a yeah. wall. <laughs> there's there's a difference there. Yeah, like I get it. Share. It's natural, and no shame. And I would have found the- somewhere else to hang out for a minute. Yeah, if you no, need the basement because, house to, you know, anyway. do the nasty, <laughs> as you put it. Uh, <laughs> I, like I said, I didn't, we didn't expect, I didn't expect anything to happen yesterday. Mm. But. Somebody did. Well, all right. I don't know. I feel like in those situations, there's always somebody who's like, well, it's a possibility. We'll see if we get there. No, it was definitely, I always th- thought it was a possibility later on, mm. but kind of. I have very strong feelings towards him. He has very strong feelings towards me. So then here's the question. Did he call you the next day? Well, he did. No. <laughs> so he was coming over, right? That was the plan. You guys are going to hang out at your place. Mm, we were probably going to go like either for a drive or go get something to eat. What was your prep work like? What mm, do you mean? Like, what did yeah, I do? Yeah. Did you groom yourself? Yep. Did you? I, 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 what? No, go ahead. What? So, uh, <laughs> shave your legs. Yeah. Trimmed. Yeah. Then you knew you wanted Pound Town. <laughs> but I you always, no, 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 It's like that. It's like I knew hanging out with him that, that clothes could come off, but not necessarily that things would happen. Like. When do clothes come off and things not happen? Well, a couple nights ago, we were making out and our, my top came off. He took his shirt off, but we didn't do anything. Yeah, but those aren't your legs or... But I still had my... I had shaved my legs. Just... <laughs> because in case... Because I don't like to wear pants. And I'm a hairy person. You really I'm are. I'm a fucking hairy person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sucks. It's thick hair too. Thick, dark. And I have white legs, so it's just... You remind me of Marge's sisters. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Seriously, it's fucking gross. I'm a hairy beast. What, what are the like, sisters' names? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't fucking know. Oh, the shit. Twins, it's been so, it's been, they're twins, yeah. It's been forever since I've watched and they the Simpsons. Fall, they're always faded on there like, like, with their... Little whores. <laughs> and they're assholes. What? Oh, they're yeah, yeah. Bitches. I was like, I don't remember that episode where you, they showed their assholes. <laughs> like what <laughs> can fox get away with that i didn't know that <laughs> nice job Tins well McGee. done well done it wasn't a job i didn't prep i feel like i'm some villain that lured him into my cave or something you, yeah your man cave <laughs> <laughs> i mean only men have gone in there so man cave, yeah. <laughs> you're right you're right <laughs> sick 
What's Jane. great is like we didn't even ask for this update. She just kind of was just like, yeah. Actually, I wasn't even going to talk about it. I told Brenda because she's like, she made a joke about how she's on a sabbatical. Oh, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. From yeah. Pussy or something. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, I just broke mine yesterday. <laughs> and then here comes Cody. <laughs> what, what was that? Fucking... Why don't you tell me things? You don't. <laughs> you don't. It's like you moved out and you want nothing to do with me. No. Yeah, you lie. gotta treat him like a sister. Yeah. Well, then I guess she is, right? Treating me like one. Yeah. <laughs> You're Nancy. No. <laughs> just kidding. That's cool. Just I like Nancy. Nancy. She's she's a sweetheart. I hope she vomits when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's like, the Ugh. most interesting one out of all of you guys. Why do you say things like that? She's going to believe it. She says she wants to be on the podcast. She could suck it. <laughs> that's, what, that's what she has to do to get on the podcast? Ew. That's a low price. Oh, yeah. Nancy also mentioned, she's like, I heard you guys were getting ready for a orgy with April. I feel left out. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> count me out. Yeah, she's like, count me in. Yeah, and that's why. Desperate. That's why. That's why she wants to hang out tonight with them. Yeah, yeah. She she wants to get a good story onto the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a good one, but it's a story. Oh God, no! Please stop. Ew. <laughs> Segway. She does like making you guys feel awkward. Our mom was horny all the time. Yeah. <laughs> She really I does. want to get in a three-way with you and your girlfriend. Yeah, she's a sick fuck. Jesus. Yeah. She's I collect creep. rocks. <laughs> Leave her alone. She likes her rugs. I know. I think it's cool. Her crack I, rock. Rock, crack, crack, crack. <laughs> I tried. I tried via social media connecting her with one of my friends who is a, what are they called? They, they have a spe- uh, rock. I don't fucking know. There's a certain name. Rock hunters, rock hounds, some shit Dwayne like the that. Rock Johnson? <laughs> We don't talk about the rock. Thirsty. 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 Story time. And I was trying to connect them and she's like. She doesn't like new people. That's true. Neither do you. But. True. That's right. I meant. That's what they have in common. Earlier when you were off the mic, we were talking about ways that you different sisters are similar and like you can tell that your sisters and stuff that's one of the ways that you can tell that christina and nancy are sisters that i don't like new people i don't like new people not right away at least it takes a well because I, I believe that i'm a pretty cool person and i think that you have to meet certain standards to be my friend i don't just call anybody a friend either but th- that's that's not the topic or that's not what he's saying He's saying you both of you don't even try to put uh, put the effort out to meet meet new people, and if you do, it's like I don't know if that's what I I'm saying no, right no, now. No, 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 Keep going. I'm, just, I'm <laughs> a girl who went on, you know, meet up and made friends. Mm-hmm. Friends. I actually make the effort to try to make friends, people that I could call friend. That's why I'm very protective of the friendships that I make, and I'm kind of like, well, I took the time to make these friends. They're my friends. Okay, if you want to oh get to be their friend, you want to, oh, let me get their number so that I can hang out with them too. Ask for their numbers, okay? I'm not going to be like the middleman here, okay? These are my friends. So, fun, Sounds like fun you're talking fact. shit about me and Cody right so, now. No, fact. no, no, that's different. <laughs> she says that. But then she asked me for our friend Cherry's number 
Well, that's because and she was my I, friend. And when I said, oh, you can get it from her, she was like, no, just do it for me. Just get well, that's because Double you already, dun, dun. or or I or I was gonna, or I think I also said, or gave her my number so she could text me. So I'm the middleman. Yeah, but we were already friends. You were just like, because uh, I was Cherry, your friend, Cody. Oh, oh okay, okay, not into whatever. Anyway, and then I became her friend again. I, I mean, that I she gave me her number, and then whatever, whatever, Cody. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Anywho, so what are friends? How does one cultivate friendships? Mm, I think a friend is someone who you can count on. Obviously, they're not going to be there 24-7, but you could also confide in. And they they share things with you as well. You know what I mean? And there are some people that use the friend, the you the, the word friend, so easy easy yeah. like oh we're friends like you've met like three days ago how are you friends i mean when you know you know because that's <laughs> true <laughs> that's different you guys are weird <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know i think it takes me some time to say friend and i've always been picky about my friends that's oh that's me <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know. I still talk to my you know, my small group of friends from high school because I don't know. I always I was the one who kind of kept us. I was like the glue that mm-hmm. held the group together. I'm not trying to like be conceited or anything, but you are conceited. It's okay. I was. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny one, but also a sweet and sensitive one. Do you think? <laughs> kind of a segue off of that. So you're saying like, oh, I'm not conceited. Do you, when you were younger and you would talk about, let's say your strengths or your qualities or what it is that you bring to the table with your friends, family, whomever, did people ever, I guess, call you conceited? Does that make sense to like, no? Okay. I was too shy and insecure to be called conceited. Mm -hmm. And I'm still shy and insecure. Yeah. But I am better at kind of faking it, faking it till I make it for sure. But also realizing that i'm not half bad you know as I, a friend person as a friend as a partner you know i was made to think otherwise for a very long time mm-hmm. but i'm like i'm a fucking prize <laughs> she gets some, i'm she the gets gold some, medal motherfuckers <laughs> she gets some new dick and all of a sudden that confidence yeah. is back no yeah. it, it, it was before him which is why i put myself out there yeah that I got a little confidence, like, you know? I wasn't knocking it. I was just saying, like, <laughs> don't, you don't have to Relax, be smart. Like <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I was asking the question is because it, it, you remind me of how I've been many times where I'm like, oh, here's a quality that I'm good at. No, it does sound arrogant or whatever. Because I remember when, like, I was in middle school, high school, um, I remember talking to my cross-country coach. And he would tell me that when he first met me, because I wasn't, I was at a junior high and I wasn't running on his team. I was on a different school's team, but the two junior highs went to the same high school and he was a high school coach. And he had said when he first met me, I was cocky, arrogant, and like 
had too much pride or something. And I sat there. I'm like, what? There's no way. I was confident for sure. But it would be like other kids who were like my competitors and stuff would be like, oh, Will's going to kick your butt. He's so much better than you, so much faster than you. Oh, whoever else is going to, you know, and I'd be like, all right, I bet they won't. But okay. Like I never, I was never one of those people who'd be like talking shit to my competitors or whatever. But I would have my peers who would talk me up to others and how much better I was. And then other people come to me being like, oh, this person's going to beat you. They're so much better than you, even though they'd never seen me race or compete. And I'd be like, I don't think so. All right, prove it. You know what I mean? That would be my attitude towards it. And I never saw that as me being cocky and arrogant so much as me, one, being confident. And then two, being like, fuck you, I'll prove you wrong or you'll be right. But you don't know, you know, well, well, I very rarely have been confident in my life that now that I feel somewhat confident, Mm -hmm. I almost feel like I'm being arrogant. And that's why I say things jokingly. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so cool. Because if I say it normally, it's just going to come off as arrogance. But I don't know how to say good things about myself. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I don't Do you feel the same way, Brenda? Like, do you have that same when you say something good about yourself or, you know, like, oh, I'm really good at this or I'm cool or whatever, feeling like you have to I, tell that and be like, I'm just teasing. So I do like to joke around a lot. Like, I'll say shit like at work, any, actually anywhere, it doesn't fucking matter. I'll say stupid shit like, God dang, I'm gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Am I being honest? No, I'm fucking joking. Um, I don't necessarily talk myself up, I guess. I think, I think I'm just not like that. Um, hmm. So I don't talk myself up. Yeah. No. But have you ever had that, that, um, that need to like, not necessarily talking yourself up, but maybe you're just good at something and you point it out. Do you ever have to find yourself kind of backpedaling being like, Oh, I'm really good at this. I mean, I guess I'm okay. Or you know what I mean? Where you just kind of like discredit yourself <laughs> so that, you're not, I do that all the time. I do it all the time too. Like even at work, I had um, my boss had asked me. Um, we have one on ones every week just to keep up to date, see what's going on. And she had asked me. She goes, "List uh, five things that you do well." Oh, that's whether, right. Yeah. yeah, I think I was saying last yeah. week. Yeah, whether whether it's a work related thing, a personal life related thing, just something that was that's you know positive and in my mind immediately i'm like oh this 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 but then to actualize it and want to say it i'm like well if i say this i guess there's these times that i wasn't that great at this and i don't want to be called out for oh because that's the other things i've been called out and stuff too like oh you think this well what about this instance and this instance and this instance it's like okay so that's three times that maybe i wasn't what I said I'm good at, but in general, I know I am, you know, I don't know if you've ever had those. Okay. So then, and this is where we go into how my mind works and how the traumas have shaped my mind. So, um, part of the reason why I don't talk myself up, why I don't tell people my goals, why I don't ever say anything is because my aunts and my mom have been quick to call me out on anything that I've ever said that I didn't follow through on. Mm. So if 
whatever goal I had that I didn't follow through on, I get the, well, what about the last goal? Or what about this? And it's like, so now that I'm an adult, um, and because I still have that hurt from being being told that as a child, I don't talk myself up or tell people or or uh, open up about any goals or dreams that I may have because I just don't want them thrown at me in case I don't actually achieve it yeah. or I'm not living up to what I'm saying I am. Because maybe you were in that early process of the idea of this sounds great. I want to do that. You haven't quite fully worked through any of it, but the idea sounds great. And the moment you've shared it and you don't follow through with somebody, I wouldn't say or it's holding you accountable by any means, but it's the, you ain't going to do that. You didn't do this right. or that. Right. You're not, you're never going to do that. And but I also believe, okay. but I, the other part too, it's like, um, I've told my sisters this before and you can always say, oh, yeah, well, I want to do this. Oh, yeah, I want to do that. I want to lose weight. I want to do whatever the fuck. There's fucking saying it and then there's fucking doing it. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather do whatever it is I want to do and either let myself down <laughs> as opposed to letting someone else down. Mm-hmm. So I think that mentality is still inside me. And it's part of the reason why um, I don't talk myself up now. At the same time, I am arrogant. So it, there's a it's a level of confidence and arrogance. Um, I can I can compare myself to my peers and n- understand fully that I am leagues ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's times if I actually do let myself think about it, I will get upset because I know that these people are making about the same, if not more than me. Yeah, and they're not feels. carrying their weight. They have no fucking clue what they're doing. And I'm all like, you know, but, you know, it is what it is. But there is an arrogance inside of me. And I know for a fact that I can be given any, any, any assignment and I'll get it done and I'll get it done right. Mm -hmm. And when they try to team us up, which is what they did a couple of days ago, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll work together. (laughs) No. I decided to do this shit by myself because I was not going to have someone yap, 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 yap when I can just throw everything together and get it done. So I'm, I'm arrogant. I have that same, uh, same thing in my brain all the time too, where I've struggled a lot when I'm the same level of employment of people and I'm sitting here going, it's not hard to size people up in terms of what you bring to the table, uh, especially with work or whatever. And so when I'm at that same level of employment and there's somebody who is just kind of slacking off, whatever, and I'm pulling the weight or whatever, right? It really gets me standing there going, cool, we are paid probably the same, pretty damn close. And yet the work that I'm putting out there is so much better but on paper, we are the exact same. And so if there's a promotion or if there's an opportunity on paper, unless you have somebody who's willing to say something for you on paper, you're no different than the other person. But your productivity, your quality, everything leagues ahead. But you're still the same. Mm-hmm. And that's frustrating as hell. And it's like another another thing, too. Um, I've always had a chip on my shoulder, especially when it comes to being, um, I guess it would be first generation so one of the things 
one of the things that I always took to heart was uh, having a not just a good or solid handle on the English language, but to be better than my peers at their language. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> my writing is pretty damn good. Um, so <laughs> when I read other people, other people's writing and it's littered with that, you just can't even fucking read it because it's like run on sentence or atrocious and, spelling. Yeah. And I mean, there's one, you know, there's times that you can, you know, make a little mistake here and there, but it's repeated a, throughout the thing over and over <laughs> but again. But if there's just different. like so many misspellings yeah. or it's like, I'm sorry, but how do you have a job? Are, are, Part of the communication, you know, part of communicating is to be able to communicate. Yeah, to, to fucking yeah. put a sentence together, uh, a sentence, a paragraph, <laughs> a fucking letter, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can't do that, and it's just like, what the fuck? I took I took school, I think, a, a little too serious when it came to um, communicating. I I just really wanted to make sure that I was able to do that. So to see my peers not not be able to do that. Not only can't they they can't do it even just by speaking. Um and they you know that whole you write how you speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. To a degree because I talk like a ghetto fabulous motherfucker but I don't <laughs> write like one. <laughs> Me neither. And I I think it's part of like how we kind of picked each other when we and we fucked up at saying something mm-hmm. in English because we were learning how to speak English properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I always try to... Ex- I excelled best at my English classes because I didn't want to be part of the ESL <laughs> classes. <laughs> yep. I always wanted to be in the, the quote-unquote gifted classes, which meant yeah. that you were already doing better in the English side of things. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. And I was like, well... I don't I don't want to go to the ESL classes so I got to I got to work hard and my older sisters helped me with essays and things like that which helped a lot <clears throat> but yeah it's that whole well if you say something wrong or you say it with an accent ha 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 you know kind of like the shit that we used to we like, still fucking do we it we still do yeah. it <laughs> yeah. we but, fucking slip up all the time and laugh at each other but another thing is that we were I was a reader. I'm pretty sure you used to read a lot. Mm-hmm. And that helped a lot in my spelling and my um, writing. So, because I just enjoyed it. April also liked reading, which she's pretty good at. Yeah. Her writing. Yeah. The only one that didn't really read was Veronica. Veronica. And I haven't really read anything that she's written. But, and my mom was another one too that um, when she came out here, she was 18 years old. And she had stopped going to school in Guatemala when she was pretty young. I think she was, it was, uh, I don't know if it was sixth or eighth grade or something like something really low. She finished like middle school, I think. Yeah. But she was working with my grandma. Mm -hmm. It was part of that generation back then where, especially in an impoverished nation where, you know, she would run, help, help the store my grandma ran or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then one of my aunts actually told me that my mom's strong suit was always the accounting portion of it. So that's what she would do. And I was like, I didn't know that. You know, that's kind of cool. So anyways, when she came out here, um, she got pregnant and everything, whatever. 
But in her like 30s, after your dad passed, she actually decided to go back to school and get her GED. Mm-hmm. And she took it serious. Like she was constantly reading and doing, she was working really hard towards it. So what I love about my mom is although she won't actually, she won't converse with you in English, mm-hmm. but she'll understand everything you tell her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and part of the reason she won't use the language is because of the girls constantly making fun of her as she was trying I'm to. sorry, mom. <laughs> I'm so sorry, mom. We as she was trying to talk to, to them and they would, they, you know, they'd be like, ha ha ha, like laugh at her when she would, you know, strongly say something mm-hmm. or, or, you know, just fuck up the word or whatever. Oh These assholes God, would laugh. Suck. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, she was, I would read her essays and she was, she, she took school serious. So I was very happy. I was very proud. And actually when we ended up graduating at the same time, mm-hmm. um, I think we actually, we had the same graduation because I ended up going to that school with mm-hmm. her. Yeah, mm. you did. You both had the same, that you guys both graduated. We went to your, to your graduation. Right. That's really cool. Actually. It's kind yeah. of, yeah. So we got gra- a sweet story really. Yeah. We graduated in 98. Yeah. I graduated that's, on time. And I think that's something that my our, our mom would always tell us. Like, you guys, I don't really care what you do. I need you guys to finish high school. Like, yeah. get your diploma. Because yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I went back to school. Like you, right, mom? Yeah. But see, uh, part of the reason why I think I've, I've, there's this fucking deep-rooted guilt that I have is because I know my mom worked her ass off to try to provide for us. And I mean, she was that type of mother that worked night shifts or whatever fucking shift she was given, she would go work it Mm -hmm. and leave us to either me or my grandma or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So my biggest regret, more like guilt, is that I didn't finish college and I didn't pick a career that would have gotten her out of the fucking projects Mm. um it was one of those things that i've it doesn't eat at me anymore but it used to in my late 20s like it would just always eat at me um because i've i felt like a fucking failure and there's moments when i feel it was that reinforced because maybe you knew people who were able to do that for their parents or something or was this just kind of self-appointed guilt that you felt like i guess where that that stimulus come that made you feel that way like did you see others doing that i did see others doing it um like there's a bunch of them that actually right now have masters and are doing really well and i remember like there's one her um, her name is martha and she went to she's a teacher now she's got a like a master she married a lawyer and they met in college and she's got like this cute life or whatever we reconnected a while back and, you know, I was talking to her and I was like, you know, that's, you know, good job. Mm. And as we're talking, she's like, yeah, I remember that you would help me. Like I would correct her papers and I remember um, helping her write um, a uh, an essay to get a, um, a scholarship. And I would be like, no, no, no. And I did all the corrections and all that stuff for her. So part of the anger or frustration comes from the fact that I... I had everything I needed to be able to be successful. I was just so depressed and lacked the motivation that I didn't push my, myself. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I, I've been wanting to die. I mean, th- my goal was to die at 25. Like once yeah. I passed, um, 
what that's what I was doing as I was growing up from a young age up to into my 20s is I wanted to die at 25. So college wasn't really of importance to me because I was just like, well, fuck it, I'll just die. (laughs) (laughs) And as I've told my therapist, um, I've I've you know, I've been brutally honest with her and I told her. I still have that comfort in the back of my mind to know that if shit goes bad or to a point where I can't, that I just don't see an out, that I can still kill myself. And she's all like, she'll always be like, like today when we talked, I don't know where she blurts out, do you want to hurt yourself or others? I'm like, what? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) She just fucking blurts it out. That's how she ends her conversations. But I mean, it is like, it's still there. I mean, it's not like an, it's not like an option that was taken off the table. It's, it's my decision. And it's one of the reasons why I don't find suicide to be um, selfish. I I think I still believe it's a strong Western ideal that people should live forever. But if you're not fucking happy, it's not like you were given the choice to fucking live. You were just made. So if you just want to take life by the horns, basically be like, Dunsies, why not? (laughs) Debbie Downer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I appreciate your optimistic outlook on it. Thank you. (laughs) Jeez. I'm medicated. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Um, I, today I got a <laughs> today Segway. I got a call from um, my what's gonna be my new mental health Ooh, place. Ooh, nice. Um, yeah. So my the my primary clinic that I go to, they're actually pretty cool because well, I told them I did not like the counselor that you guys have to you know i just we didn't click she's like oh, okay that's great so i'm like can you guys um refer me out yeah that's fine and what they do is they work with our insurance and they do all the research for me like they mm. they look to see and they ask me well, are you comfortable with a man woman mm-hmm. ethnicity religious non-religious and all that and then they uh, make sure that your insurance covers you know whatever and um so yeah so they're like there's this office and this this doctor and they they had like two options for me and she's like do you care if it's virtual or in person i'm like well i've done virtual sessions and they're fine and so today i called and i'm gonna set up my patient portal and then from there i I could get scheduled to be seen when um when are you hoping to get into a routine of seeing somebody well they have appointments as early as next week so i just have to fill out my paperwork and all those disclosures and things like that it's really cool yeah so i mean i haven't had a session with the counselor so we'll see how she goes Mm -hmm. she seemed nice on the phone do you have any um any goals that you've thought of that you want to work towards um I'll probably just see right now I feel very happy mm-hmm. almost blissfully happy yeah right and I don't want that to I don't want to revert back to my ways where I focus on that person because they made me mm-hmm. feel moments mo- moments of happiness you know what I mean yeah but I still want to be my own person and work on things that I am trying to work on and 
get past certain trauma that I have. Sure. So, and talking to someone who is in my family mm-hmm. or my friends, it does help a lot. <clears throat> yeah. Sure. I mean, you can fully open up without worrying about. And I definitely want to yeah. be a lot more honest with my new therapist mm-hmm. than I was with my old therapist. Yeah. That's important. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, I don't know, you and you do, I mean, you obviously understand, like, though you're blissfully happy right now, obviously life ebbs and flows. Yeah, and I, and a lot of the times in the past, in my previous relationship, there was times where I would get in, I would have episodes of depression where I was just like, I didn't really want to do anything, not mm-hmm. even with my partner mm-hmm. at the time, but they did not understand Mm. They were not understanding of me and my depression. And so that kind of sucked. And it kind of makes it hard when, when the person that you're with just thinks that you're just being sad. Yeah. Feeling sorry for yourself. You know? Yeah. And that was a problem. And so that's why counseling really helped. So... So, um, <laughs> the ex, the gaslighting ex, she would tell me shit like, you know, other people have it worse than you, okay? Um, you need to stop it. You just go outside and get some sun. You'll feel a lot better. Are you taking vitamin D? What about St. John's wort? And I'm like, the fuck? Jesus. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I would tell her, you, you realize I have to take medication for the rest of my fucking life because I've been broken since a kid and, I, and because it didn't get fixed and it got so prolonged, it's, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to produce the correct amount of serotonin levels or whatever the fuck, right? Yeah, but, you know, you should, you don't have it as bad as others. I was like, yeah, I know that. And I have friends that say that about themselves, like, I, well, I haven't been feeling all that great, you know. But I have to remind myself, I don't have it as bad as other people. It's me. (laughs) It's okay that it's okay to feel depressed and feel, you know what I mean? What you're feeling. You don't have to say, well, other people have it worse. It's okay for you to feel what you're feeling. So now here's another uh, like like a little flip side, though. So you know how we've got into, and I and I always laugh, but um, I used to listen to Tom Likas, and he would always say it was the pussification of America, right? So we're coming into the an era where we are accepting um, mental health, and we're actually starting to take it serious. So at what point is mental health going to be at the forefront for now giving another excuse for a while why your child is misbehaving (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah 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 Mm -hmm. like um there's an episode of uh curb your enthusiasm that i like where he's dating this woman and this woman's kid has asperger's maybe or some kind of (laughs) thing where he's just like very honest and he's like man her kid's an asshole and he's like Oh, well, then I'm just going to say that I have. Uh, that I'm on the spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to. Yeah. yeah. When somebody tells me I'm an asshole, I'm on the spectrum. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy. <laughs> well, so, uh, so I've said this before. My, my older brother has bipolar. And I've also worked with disabled adults um, 
uh, in a community protective program. They've done something wrong, but they like criminal criminally done something wrong, but they couldn't stand trial because of being mentally unfit. Right. And being exposed to different levels of mental illness, there is very much the illness and then the personality. And far too often, I think people try to make them one and the same and blame the mental illness for why they are a certain way. Sure, it influences and there are certain things. Completely understand, completely agree. But that still doesn't... um, Make it okay. Make it okay. Make the excuse to not hold somebody accountable for being an asshole. You know, um, somebody with Asperger's or is on the spectrum, if they do say something that's rude or whatever... Don't make them feel like shit by any means, because sure, yeah, that part of their mental illness influenced their bluntness of just speaking their mind or whatever. But they still need to be held accountable and, you know. Be like, hey, that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then the person who they said it to, if they get upset by the person being an asshole, they're allowed to feel that as well and do your best to kind of de-escalate and explain whatever, but still acknowledge their feelings as well. Because that's the thing that bugs me. It's like, oh, my person, my person, my whoever, they have a mental illness. So you're basically your feelings of what you're feeling right now, being upset by what they've done or said, don't mean anything because they are they are lesser. They don't know. Right. When in reality, it's like hmm, they do know a mental illness doesn't mean that they that somebody cannot understand, period. Um the feelings of others or their actions in the moment. They may not comprehend it in the second, you know, that judgment call, whatever, maybe not so much, but I'd be, you'd be, I'd be hard pressed to say that there isn't a single person in this world that doesn't understand empathy in some form or another. What about the people that are diagnosed with the narcissistic disorder? Um, what's it called? Well, we're talking like a sociopath. Yeah. Because there's a narcissist, and then I think uh, I think it's the sociopath, sociopath. that um, lack they empathy. lack empathy. Yeah, um, but they still understand it. They, yes, and they can mimic it, which is impressive of those fuckers. Yeah, seriously, they crying. Because think. but the thing is, is like even they could still be a sociopath and everything, but there's still going to be something that they have some sort of connection to or empathy for, right? Like buffalo bill or whatever in 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 uh silence of the lambs right like he loved his fucking dog but it was a fucking sociopath you know so they're still they're still under they still understand empathy whether or not they choose to you know express it or like honestly express it or whatever you know i think at some point sure there's there's a piece where it just becomes so natural to ignore it but i think there's outside stimulating factors that kind of reinforce the let me just ignore this empathy side of my brain but even like like and you're right whenever you hear about um your serial killers every a lot of them have had uh victims that have escaped and they always say that the only reason that they escaped was because they actually found something that humanized them to that sociopath Mm -hmm. so there is something there um but it's it's like where do you find it though? Yeah. What is it? Yeah, and like I said, I'm, like I said, I would be hard pressed to say that there's a single person in this world that does not 
period, understand empathy. It may be very limited and very minimal, but they still understand it to a degree. So somebody who is making an excuse for somebody else's mental illness for why they're being an asshole and then completely dismissing the person who was offended, they're not really doing anything more than like causing trauma to the person that they're dismissing the feelings of. You know, if somebody's offended by something, no reason to be super dramatic or nothing, but at least acknowledge it and be in, you know, explain the situation Mm -hmm. and acknowledge it, but don't explain the situation and then dismiss their feelings because somebody with a mental illness doesn't understand or doesn't know or whatever. Because that's basically saying the person with a mental illness is a lesser person because they don't understand. They don't know. It's part of their condition. They don't get it. When in all reality, Again, they can understand empathy, but in the moment, they may not have realized what they did or said had this effect. But if you bring it to their attention, again, they can understand, oh, I did something and there was an effect. You know? And that's a a slippery slope, too, though, because, like, I'm an asshole. Um, (laughs) I truly am. And this is where I'm going to get if I don't get called out, I'll not be surprised. So canceled, <laughs> canceled. Here we go. Uh, one of the girls that I was talking to you about that I reconnected with, and she's she's a teacher in California, and we were talking, and she mentioned that um, she has students who have disabilities and mental disabilities, right? Whether they're autistic or whatever, and we were talking about it and she says that that she's not even allowed to step in and protect because it's mixed classes now. Mm-hmm. So there, if the kids have to be able to obviously meet certain levels or criteria to be in the classrooms, right? To integrate, assimilate in some way. Correct. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that their peers give a shit because they're going to sense that there's something different mm-hmm. and they're going to target. So she says that she has to watch and can't say anything because she can't tell anyone what's wrong with the children or what, that child or whatever. Oh, like HIPAA rules and shit. Yeah. So basically yeah. she kind of has to watch as the kid kid gets picked on or whatever or just tell them, you know, basically can't say shit. Yep. So she was telling me about this and I was like, so the douchebag in me is like, well, <laughs> are we really all equal though? Because we're not. No, no, we're definitely not. No, but that's the thing. It's like everybody wants to believe that we're all equal and we're not. I mean, everybody's all like men and women are equal. We're not. We're just not. You know, there's uh, there's the, phys- the physical strength is one of them. You know, uh, there's just shit that we're just not equal in. And the same applies for a woman to another woman. Can we be equal? We might be equal, but there's probably something that you're far better than at than I am, you know? So this whole bullshit where everybody's equal, it's a, it's a fucking lie. And it's something that we need to just stop fucking believing that we're all I, equal. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and, and I think, well, okay, so I agree. Um, and I think we need to be comfortable with the reality that there's just going to naturally be things that any individual person is going to be better or lesser Mm -hmm. than at something. But I think the argument that equal opportunity needs to be given, I think that is still something that should be acknowledged and fought for because I mean, 
you may not make the basketball team, but I do think there needs to be equal opportunity for you to at least have the opportunity to try. Right. Or the chance right. to try. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the difference is because you're right. Like there's no way that all of us are equal in so many ways, but I think that opportunity is what should be. Well, not what she, I think that's what's being fought for is that opportunity, that opportunity to prove whether or not, you know, you're able to succeed at something. Okay. And I, and I see that, that, um, everybody should have equal opportunities at everything, but we don't. I agree. Yeah. We just I mean, don't. But that's the thing that those are the things that are being fought for still in civil rights and all those things too. But here's the thing though. And it's like. I don't even think it's any uh, it's more so a race thing now I, I honestly believe it's a class thing I think it's always been a class thing mm-hmm. class and, warfare yep and I think it's just it's been muddied and they made it so where we are so fickle and so easily manipulated that we're always thinking it's a, it's a race thing it's a race thing it's not it's I a agree. class thing I, yeah. I totally agree um, I can't remember I had a very similar thought a while back because you do look at the media and you see one perspective and there there is going to be an agenda. I think marketing, by the way, that's what marketing is the biggest fucking Achilles uh, heel that we've ever had as a society because like, and it's been hit because everything that we see is marketing and it's because I tell us to people all the time. You think of something like, um, have you ever seen the show Mad Men? Oh, yeah. That very first episode, they're trying to sell Lucky Strike cigarettes. And the main character comes in and pitches his idea. Lucky Strike. Our tobacco is toasted. Describes like, oh, coming home. Right. Fresh, fresh breakfast or getting up, whatever. And the the lucky strike people are like well no shit it's toasted it's tobacco everybody does that that's how it's part of the process that's how you make cigarettes and he goes but we're the ones saying it we're the ones saying this toasted right so they start doing that they sell and then it's like yeah fuck of course everybody who everybody who knows the process goes yeah no shit that's what it is that's part of the process but they're selling it because now they've made it a commodity that it's toasted so now everybody wants it to be toasted tobacco right so you then you go to things like all organic mm-hmm. whatever well of course it's organic it comes out of the fucking ground non-gmo well what's a gmo genetically modified organism dogs are genetically modified organisms anything that you that in that anything that you um Anything target that has, a certain yep. trait and you breed to it or reproduce to it is genetically modified because it wouldn't naturally happen. Correct. Now, there's other things that you can get in there where they can't take chemical strains of DNA and blah, 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 blah. Right. So that's marketing for you. So then you come back to basically class warfare and they say, oh, it's because this race is hating on this race mm-hmm. or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, hmm. You can't take the experience of people in a ghetto and then compare it to people out in rural, rural bumfuck nowhere and say that the experience of the ghetto means that 
all people are pieces of shit because of how these people are treated and rule bumfuck nowhere people are to blame as well it's like the, the completely different neighborhood you know i remember talking to my grandfather he when he was younger um he i mean you can steal tan now but he has a very dark olive complexion and he has very tight kinky curls and when he would tan you would swear to god that he was a black man mm-hmm. like no question and um he was i was talking to him one time and i had asked you know did you ever have any racial issues in your neighborhood when you were you know because civil rights he grew up through right. or you know and he goes there was never any issues and he just casually said we would have the Pollocks over here we would have the mexicans over here we'd have the blacks here we'd have whites here we'd all get along if somebody came into the neighborhood that was a delinquent or something we all knew we all talked no big deal and then basically once it started getting really hyper focused on basically inner city issues that all of a sudden people go oh i've experienced that before as well mm-hmm. and then you get it hyped up because you have this media marketing this track this this terrible racial issues which i'm not saying like, they do exist obviously but they don't relate to the people outside of that space necessarily to the degree of what's being shown in front of us and then that's when all of a sudden it's like well how do i talk to this person over here they look different than me i've never been this way to somebody they've never been that way to me mm-hmm. like how do we talk well now we can i i remember talking to somebody uh that i worked with a few years ago and they're on facebook all the time and there's somebody in the chat group who just simply asked something like well why is this wrong it has something to do with like either sexual identity or racial or something right i don't understand this somebody please explain this to me they put in whatever chat was mm-hmm. going on and basically everybody's going it's not our job to tell you figure it out because once you brought up the conversation yeah. this is, you just turn somebody away who's honestly saying i don't understand this like please explain it to me i want to have this dialogue this conversation you have the internet figure it out it's like <laughs> it's, i am on the want, internet <laughs> you want people to be able to talk about these things and get it out and understand but you turn them away because it's not your job. They got to figure it out. Yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> segue? No. <laughs> segue. No, I just, I don't know. Um, I, ever since I left California and I've run into like different, different people, m- mostly, you know, white people, um, you come to find out that there are so many more similarities than there are differences. Um, mm-hmm. The only like... The only difference, the only, yeah, the only big differences is like, obviously, because we were Spanish speaking, so we didn't watch the same shows or mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> because we came from a, a Hispanic household, we obviously had different foods, mm-hmm. but we grew up in America. And if you're from a city, whether it's a, your big ass LA or a smaller city like here, you know, you're still, you're going to have a lot of the same um experiences i mean yeah like especially if you both if you grew up poor yeah i was gonna say the gal our friend that i dated whenever she would talk about asian stuff i mean like 
and be around some of our Asian, Asian friends and be like, oh, well, it's an Asian thing. Using the dish, the dishwasher as a drying rack. <laughs> That's what we use it as. Right. I did the same thing when yeah. I was a kid. <laughs> I'm, you know, yeah. look at me. I'm white, you know, yeah. or. Um, oh, I'm sorry. We didn't have a dishwasher no, when we, we were didn't kids. Have a <laughs> sorry. God, Jesus. I hated the dishwasher. Right. I hated washing dishes. <laughs> you know, or like growing up in a fifth wheel trailer, you know, like. I didn't live in a project, but I can yeah. promise you that like living conditions in terms of like your home, it's way smaller, could be similar, but like I grew up in an area that was known for meth heads and cooking and meth cooking and shit like that. I mean, I wasn't in the inner city watching people having, you know, ODing or nothing, but I guarantee you, I knew people who was driving it into the city after they cooked it for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, or yeah, there's so many things where there is just so much similar overlap that it's like, oh, this is a fill in the blank race thing. You want under, maybe not you want to understand, but this is our experience. You can't have it too. Yeah, "Um, no, that's, that's not true. Poor is poor. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's the thing. It's like, we're now in this society and it's not it's not fucking new a poverty and extreme wealth isn't something that's fucking new no if you look back in time you oh, it's see dawn of time has yeah. always been there not only that but the fall of rome was based off of that too it's like mm-hmm. where you have greed and it just it just tips the scale so we're at that point now where what they've almost depleted middle class so now <laughs> you have your fucking huge margin of poor and your upper echelon of maybe a few few hundred people or whatever that mm-hmm. are just fucking wealthy as hell your bezos and your yeah Musk's and then my and, thing is yeah. okay the majority of us have known some sort of struggle like wh- whatever the fuck it is yeah. even if we were middle class or whatever we've all known some sort of struggle we've all had some want that wasn't met or a need that wasn't met mm-hmm. that's not the case for the upper echelon yeah now, do I know how their struggles? I have no fucking clue. I can't even say I would know any of it. Uh, maybe it sucks to be raised by nannies or your fucking parents <laughs> aren't around or whatever. But again, I don't know that. I mean, because even when you read up on um, political families, it's transactional. It's like these couples, these power couples are actually yeah. like planned out. It's not a true fucking marriage. And even the whole cheating, all that bullshit. It's like it's a all these are planned. There are contracts and they don't talk about that on the on the news or the media. But a lot of this shit is planned. And so. I don't come from that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, I don't have, my parents were like, well, I'm raising my young Sar, you know? <laughs> I thought we were being raised to be auctioned off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, we got to get blue ribbons first. <laughs> I, so when I, I, at the end of college, I went to Kenya and when I was there, I went to a, just a street market and like every week they'd pop up basically a farmer's market really and they would have atms at the edges of the this market and i went and somebody's like oh you want i mean they're very aggressive in terms of like trying to sell you shit because they got to make the money to survive right and the guy goes oh you this would look so good you like this i don't remember what the fuck it was it doesn't remember like a bowl or some shit 
that look pretty. And I'm like, ah, no, it's not for me. It's fine. It's like, no, 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 you, it'll be great. It'll, here's all the things you can do with it, blah, blah, blah. And like, honestly, I just don't have money on me. I, I like, I'm not that money. Oh, no, no, no. Go to the ATM. Go to the ATM. You, you should get more. I go, no, no, no. I'm, I've spent all my money on this. No, no, no. You're from America. You're from America. You go get more money. Go get more money. And, um, I mean, I walked away. I was like, nah, whatever. Fuck off, basically. But I went back to my, the, the host family and I was talking to them and it didn't bug me. I kind of knew it was coming. I, I wasn't naive and completely ignorant to I'm white in a country where they're rubbing my skin, wanting to take the white paint off because they're, they're not sure what it is. Right. It was most of the children. The adults knew better. Right. Um, but I was talking to them and then I was started paying attention to the um, TV shows that they were watching. And all of them were American TV shows. These were shows that we don't see on TV because they're dog shit. They're terrible. <laughs> but like low budget didn't make it to a fucking CBS or ABC, NBC kind of thing. Right. And low quality shit. <laughs> and then they'd be watching rap videos and stuff. And it was always like the Kardashians and shit. It was always these game shows where like they were just rolling in money essentially. Yeah. And that's how we are perceived. So they can't, they couldn't understand. I say they, not everybody, but the individuals I come across couldn't conceive the fact that we too have people who struggle in our country we aren't all driving around you know in a lamborghini or whatever we're not all fucking rich and they like they just didn't realize that like they couldn't because mm-hmm. that's not what's shown to them so bringing it back to these mega billionaires and shit yeah we're not gonna understand what struggles they have because we probably can't even conceive nope. a life that everything's transactional Everybody you talk to wants something from you. Mm-hmm. Everybody that you are talking to wants something from you and is trying to screw you over because to get more to get more. Yeah. And every mistake you do is a big fucking deal. Like your life is not private. You know, fucking was it Biden farted or some shit like that? Was that what that was <laughs> you, months ago? I thought that's what it was like or some shit like but let's say that happened, right? Like. Yeah, you're that level of of fame or or wealth or whatever. Every normal human being thing is no longer normal for you. You're on a pedestal and you are under a fine, fine lens being scrutinized and trying to be torn down. So, yeah, do they struggle financially? Probably not. Oh, no. But their emotional and mental health. Fuck, I wouldn't want any of that that they're probably going through but see that's the thing though and that's where i that's where i always think like could i murder someone and i'm gonna go dark here so could i murder someone probably not you know Mm. but let's say i do it and i get away with it right and it was a rush so i do it again Mm -hmm. now you're going second time it's a it's a rush (laughs) it's still a rush or whatever but i didn't get caught so i think after so many so many times of doing something you start losing um oh you get desensitized correct yeah so 
and like in maybe you get comfortable so you let your guard down as to so yeah. and that's what i'm thinking it's like just like you and i have our experiences we have been uh, molded for this life so they wouldn't understand our struggles our mental stress our emotional stress but they could handle their own or the majority of them can mm-hmm. because that's their society that's their mm-hmm. experience so that's why i i always think yeah they probably have all these stressors or whatever like we do but if we were put in their shoes and given that silver spoon too we'd we know how to navigate that world yeah. because that's the world we live in and we'd understand it yeah so i'm all, that's why i never feel bad for them because that's the world they live in and they're molded for that life mm-hmm. just like we're molded for this life so we all have we all have our struggles as people yeah and it's just the different worlds that we're plopped into or born into now what if you so what about this situation you're somebody who born into poverty and now you're through your successes of, of whatever you are now in that top elite class. What about that person? Cause that person has two very different ends of the spectrum life grew up poor yeah. understands that. And now they had to transition into being rich. And I think that is a, I think that's a space that maybe isn't seen as much. I think that, so they could be more ice feel more isolated. I think I think so. You know what I mean? But I think that they're gonna try to do everything they can to stay up there. Sure. But like for example, um like I'll say for my own personal thing, like I definitely grew up in the lower middle income class where like you're not getting meal uh like at school you're not getting meal assistance or anything like that because your parents make just too much but Mm -hmm. in reality like i'm eating cheese and mayonnaise sandwiches you know or and carrots or whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah i never i never understood that you know i do think that that it is unfair and i do i do believe it's true that certain races get more money or help mm-hmm. right why is that i don't agree i i i think it's true money like like welfare or whatever no no are you sure yes and that is an argument that i've had with racists before because the media portrays welfare and i think that's where you're getting it maybe and because that's because we grew up poor okay okay so we were surrounded by a lot of people who were on welfare mm-hmm. um but the data was showing that the majority of people that were on welfare or are um, taking assistance were still white americans because they're still on the outskirts so you're talking about the people in the appalachian mountains you're talking about people who are still on the outskirts of rural areas that aren't making money um, so white Americans were still the ones that were, there were the higher percentage of people that were uh, accepting government assistance. But at the same time, though, their population was still greater than the mi- minorities were creeping like all black Americans, Mexican Americans, Chinese Americans. Now we're starting to outnumber white Americans. So that number might actually become skewed where 
it's not going to be white Americans receiving um, the, the bulk of your um, government assistance. But media portrays it that it's blacks and Mexicans that are on welfare that are they're the only ones that are on welfare. Right. And no, and I don't I obviously I believe I feel like white white Americans do also get welfare. I I just feel like I guess maybe cuz all I saw was the blacks and the Mexicans cuz that's, that's where I grew, grew up, up around them. But yeah. also are they reporting on inner city poor people or are they reporting on the outskirts poor people? Because, you know what I mean? So, because, oh, like, because they're, like, you were pointing out, on the outskirts, there are plenty of low income, poor white people. Let's be honest. When was the last time you saw you went to a rural area and the majority of the people there were not white? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, there's, there's some areas, farmlands. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, maybe it's a little bit more mixed between whites and non-whites but the media isn't you know go driving 400 miles to go find the poor white community wherever mm-hmm. because it's much easier to focus on the larger population area that is in a city and so if you're in an area that is the projects that does have a high density population whatever of different uh minorities then yeah, of course, it's going to show that more black, more Mexican, more, you know, Chinese, whoever are on welfare because there's a higher population, mm-hmm. like density of population right there. than if you were to go out into these entire towns that are mostly rural white people who the the upper end of income is 40, maybe 50 grand between a husband and a wife. And they got the nice trailer, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they got the nice trailer on the nice side of town of a trailer park or whatever. And see, that's the thing, like, like at work, whatever, so many people get upset because and that's the that's one of the arguments I hear. Well, you see all these immigrants coming in and they're getting free this and free that. I'm like, where the fuck are they getting free this and free that? Sign me the Mm. fuck up. (laughs) It's not true. It's like, you know, and they come here and they work and they don't pay taxes yeah they don't pay taxes if they're working under the table Mm -hmm. but shouldn't you hold the company or the person that hired them accountable as opposed to the person who's fucking wanting to feed their family or themselves like that doesn't make any sense the problem isn't with them it's the problem is the crooked people who are willing to have them break their fucking backs so that you can have whatever fucking product well and here's the thing is like those people are like oh they're being paid under the counter get your fucking high horse i can i promise you i know plenty of white people who are also very successful who they had plenty of jobs in college or in high school or even now that because our fucked up medical system because they could not make more than a certain amount Mm -hmm. and otherwise they would no longer get government assistance and paying their meds for their meds um, or chronic illness or whatever they would do whatever they could to get paid on the counter because the moment they made a certain amount of dollars they could no longer afford their medication or if they did, they might as well just go live on the streets and be medicated because all their money would be going towards their yeah. medication. Yeah. I and remember so, being offered, oh, um, would you be a shift manager when I used to work in California? Mm-hmm. You, you'd get paid more. I'm like, well, how much more? Because if I make just a couple bucks more than 
than what I'm allowed to make. I'll have I I don't qualify it for Medicaid or whatever, and I need it. You know, I had had a a brain bleed, and mm-hmm. I was worried about being in debt due to medical things, and I was like, I cannot make a certain this certain amount yep. because even though I'm still poor, I'll have to pay a shit ton of money for mm-hmm. being seen by a doctor, a specialist, yeah. and like I don't have that kind of money. It's it's crazy. I remember. And people wonder why people don't want to get off of welfare. Yeah, no shit. Like, I didn't even want to go when I had the brain bleed. I didn't want to go to the hospital because I had no insurance. I was, I had no, obviously, I knew there was something wrong because um, I felt like my head was exploding. (laughs) Rude. Because what? I said, because you're dumb. (laughs) But I was like, no, I cannot, I cannot go to the hospital. I'm going to be in debt and I don't have insurance. And for a while... I I tried and they were like, hey, you might qualify for disability. Do just go to the office. And I would they denied me. And I was like, that's fine. And then I went to this other play, this other like, I don't know, Medicaid thing, right? Mm. State insurance. And the man who helped me was really rude. <laughs> he, <laughs> he made me cry. But basically he said that I made too much money because I was single. But Bro, I worked a barely a minimum wage job. Popeyes. Yeah, and mm. and I make too much money. Like this is insane. And yeah. I had a bill, a hospital bill for you know sixty thousand plus dollars, mm. and I would panic. You know, we're looking at that bill, and he's like, "Well, unfortunately, you don't qualify." And I'm like, "How? I'm fucking poor." <laughs> but somebody called me like a couple weeks later. Thankfully, somebody called me from the same. Um, uh, nonprofit place, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Hey, we want you to know that you did qualify, and you know, you're not, you don't, you're not gonna have to be responsible for that hospital bill, and you're also gonna be receiving medical insurance, so that you could do your follow up appointments and all that." And I was like, "Oh, I was so freaking happy because I'm. It shouldn't be that fucking hard to get insurance, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and to, uh, to fucking so, live." Yeah. <laughs> and so I whenever people bitch about how oh well, you know how our taxes I don't want to be paying for other people's expenses, medical expenses. It's like it shouldn't be that fucking expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ugh, it's just a, it's just a mess. Insurance is a fucking is garbage. I don't know. I, all that pisses me <laughs> off. So, I'm going to segue really quick. Dun, dun, dun. Segway. Because <clears throat> you're a crier. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, cry after you and Peter? Uh... No. Oh, okay. Because it was um, awesome. Right. There was nothing to cry so about. So, there were no tears of joy? Not from my eyes. Oh, <laughs> and with that? No. Now oh. I have a question. Oh. So earlier when you weren't here, I was sharing with Cody that I have an overactive vagina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should we talk about that? Do we get it from one? our mom? <laughs> oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, I guess we. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we could we could on the uh, next episode table this. We're gonna talk about some vagina stuff. <laughs> the vagina monologues. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a segment. 
And with that, mm. thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Where Am I Going podcast. Be sure to like, share, <clears throat> share, share, and subscribe. Do you believe <laughs> <laughs> that share? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah like, share, and subscribe. Check us out on Spotify and Apple. Probably iTunes. Google. iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. Find us on Instagram at where am I going pod. Email us. We still haven't gotten an email since Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> she won that free money. And Christina never gave it to her. I did so. too. No. I gave it to her yesterday. When? No, you fucking not. <laughs> look at so her. <laughs> I did. Oh my god! Don't be this- rude. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, email us. Um, Christina may not give you a gift card, but um, you'll She'll have her give you a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> no. Where am I going? Uh, uh, gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.